This Short Code podcast is a proud member of the MedEd Media Network. Inspiration, information, and guidance on your journey to medical school and beyond at mededmedia.com. Meandering in the margins of medicine, it's the Short Code podcast. Weird news, fresh views, helpful clues, and interviews. By students, for students. Subscribe to our weekly show at theshortcoat.com. Welcome back to the Short Coat Podcast, a production of the University of Iowa Carver College of Medicine. I'm Dave Etler, joined today by rising M3, Emma Barr, who likes her eggs cooked. I don't like eggs, sorry. Also... (laughs) Here, rising M3 Nick Lynn, who if he had to give himself a new first name, we'd be calling him... Uh, yeah, that one. <laughs> I don't know. Rising... Uh, Rick Lynn. Rick. <laughs> rising oh, M4 Holly Conger, whose worst ever job was... Um, I guess working as a cashier at Fazoli's. <laughs> All right. Yes, I can relate. And rising M4, Tim Maxwell, whose most visited website on his phone is... Goodquestion.com. Just kidding. Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you right now. <laughs> Whatever. Maybe Facebook, because I've killed the app, and so I'll sneak on there. Oh, I have done that, too. I have done that, too. I have killed the app i have removed it and now the only way i can get to it is through my browser and i'm still going to it what (laughs) the actual i've done the same thing for like two years i think i've i wanted to deactivate my account and i couldn't i couldn't figure out a way to do it and do my job Uh oh anyway uh don't forget listeners we're having our annual summer listener drive we are happy to have you listening but we need to have more to justify my to justify my existence, our existence as a podcast. We need more uh, low budgets, uh, silly shows like ours depend on word of mouth to get people to give us a try. So, listeners, I'm going to bribe you: share a show on the internet wherever potential listeners hang out, and we will uh, and give and send a screenshot to the shortcodes at gmail.com, and I will send you a free pin that I made myself. It's our logo, 3D printed, coated with a hard dome of clear resin. Um, and gazed upon with love by me in hopes that when it gets into your hand, you'll feel that love. It's just my way of saying thank you for for telling the world. I've given them away to several people so far. Happy to give away more. Um, You know what to do. How are you guys? Good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? Good. You guys have had, you guys are, you know, you had plenty, have had plenty of experience on clerkships right now. Some of them real, some of them virtual. Um, and, And I, as I'm immersed in, writing medical student performance evaluations. I'm seeing what I often see in the comments from residents and attendings, uh, which is, you know, so-and-so is shy or reserved Mm. or quiet. And the problem I think is that it's hard to assess a uh, student's thought processes if they're not talking about them. Did did any of you sort of have to get over that initial fear of speaking up when you knew that you'd probably be wrong? Definitely. I think that's like a rite of passage when you start clerkships because... I don't know. It never feels good to be wrong, especially in a front of a group of smart people, like a group of residents, like presenting on rounds, I feel like was really hard when I first started, because especially for when you're presenting your assessment of what is going on and then your plan to fix it, you know, that's tough to know what to do as a 
second or third year med student. <laughs> but I think secretly nobody expects you to get the answer right. They just want to see that you've thought about it and that you tried because that's how you eventually get good at it. I feel like it's something you kind of have to keep going through because there are some rotations that build on each other, but like, I feel like as soon as you feel comfortable in internal med or peds or whatever, <laughs> you're going to go into, you know, surgery or neuro and you're going to be like, I have much less confidence now <laughs> in this than I, you know, started gaining confidence in uh, previous rotation, you know, do, do you ever when... gain the confidence? I mean, at some point are you just like, I'm going <laughs> to. I feel like you get more used to, you know, accepting if you're wrong and learning that that doesn't mean that everybody like hates you or thinks you're an idiot or something. You know, they just want to see that you're trying and that you're learning and that they want to see that you get better over the course of the rotation. So it doesn't really matter where you start as long as you improve. But yeah. I think Tim's right because I feel like getting comfortable with like internal medicine rounds is very different than like surgery rounds. So that was definitely a shift. Or psych. Or psych. That was very I, different. Yeah. I think it's also a little different as a bit of an older student um, where you've definitely screwed up along the way uh, plenty of times in other venues. Um, and so I don't know. I like, yeah, I get nervous when I uh, present or, or whatever. Um, but I also, I also don't really care if I'm wrong. Uh, I tend to find that those are like good, like learning opportunities and uh, often good teaching moments because when you do come out and give that wrong answer, most of the time an attending or a resident is going to couple that with like a good explanation or maybe a teaching moment, or they're going to take that away and say, Hey, like when we're all done here, why don't you come over and, and we'll like go through that or they'll show you an old presentation or something. And I found that really good. Yeah. I feel like people always say that you learn better when you make mistakes. And I've just seen that so much already on rotations. Like when I, I remember all the things that not all of them, but I remember when I've been embarrassed and like gotten things wrong and I hardly remember things that I got right, right away. So it's definitely a learning experience, but you have to learn how to not care about looking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so here's my question. Here's another question. I sit in these meetings and I hear students complaining about a certain ethics professor's habit of calling on people at random to answer questions during lecture. I'm not going to use any names, but his initials are Boris Snalgen. <laughs> and he does and he, and he loves doing i don't know if he loves doing it but this is his this is his method and he says it's the best best method for him and for students to learn but students always bitch about it and in the in the evaluations and i guess i'm wondering at this point has the experience of being on clerkships changed your perception of that if you think about it. I think that a certain professor is right. Like I went to an undergrad where we'd have classes of like a thousand people and they had a random list and you had to speak up in those situations. And so speaking in front of my class of 170 or 150 isn't that bad. Um, but it really does make you like have to think on your feet and puts you in an uncomfortable situation. And if you think about it, like in medicine, you're going to be uncomfortable like a lot. And so you're just kind of practicing in a low stakes environment. I think it's very effective because it makes students prepare, you know, like the threat of having to get called on, make sure that they did the reading and that they have thought about something to say, which, you know, if you show up on rounds and haven't talked to your patient that morning or looked at their lab values and things like that's not going to go well either. Yeah. And that is a really common method of teaching in a lot of 
uh, clerkship settings, um, whether it be in some of the lectures or in, uh, you know, out, out seeing patients while you're on rounds. So, uh, I guess get used to it. <laughs> doctor, doctor, yeah. uh, what, what did you say? Smell? I believe his name is Smelgen. <laughs> Smelgen. Uh, he's probably helping you out. <laughs> Has everybody here been called on by this mysterious professor? Cause I know I was. Ooh, oh, nope. Tim, you escaped. Three I out of escaped. four of you escaped. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I definitely got I, called on. <laughs> I I think it's an effective method. I mean, it, like Holly said, it, it kind of makes sure that people prepare because you don't know. You never know if it's going to be you. So I did a lot of preparation for nothing. <laughs> and I, I think like, <laughs> See, I wouldn't still say learned. that. <laughs> I'm just kidding, you still yeah. learned. That's why he does yeah. it. There were maybe two times when in our year uh, where someone wasn't prepared. Um, so it's not like it was a big deal. Like most people had an answer, whether it was good or not. Like so, yeah. <laughs> like uh, you know, it spurred discussion and and uh, people talked. So yeah. it was fine. Yeah, I, I think he does a very good job of playing the devil's advocate. So he forces you to defend your thinking, which is a really good skill to have. Like he's like, why do you think that? Why is that the right answer? What about this conflicting thing? So I will say having gone through step one and two now like i wish that that professor was able to like <laughs> to evaluate those questions because i feel like there'd often be like two answers that could kind of be like well i feel like depending on like the situation a little bit um i a lot of people are like oh ethics questions are like gimme points and i'm like i honestly struggle with some of them because they're not they're as not. Clear cut as you would think <laughs> in the real world <laughs> In the real world, they can actually get pretty tough, you know? Just so you know, consult the ethics committee is never the right answer. Right. Never. <laughs> I think you're supposed to know. To, <laughs> yeah, your world has yet to come up with a question where that's the correct answer. Yeah, I always feel really silly when I miss an ethics question because I'm like, oh no, am I not yeah. ethical? What? Did yeah, I not say that, the right thing? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, nobody's going to trust me if they knew <laughs> which they ones knew I got my wrong ethics on percentage. my U-world percentage of ethics questions. Oh gosh. Goodness. I hate U-world questions. What would you do next? Well, in reality, probably three of these things at the same time. But right. Which is most appropriate next step. It's like, oh, well. Debatable. Yeah. Debatable. <laughs> So do you, okay, so one of the things that you sometimes hear is, I don't know is an acceptable answer. Is it really? When you're, being, really, when you're being Socratically taught? Generally, oh, my, taught. my approach would be like, tell everything that I do know related to the topic <laughs> and then, and then be like, but I'm not sure about exactly how to answer your question. Brain dump. <laughs> yeah. The, the brain I just dump guess. strategy. <laughs> I, I just guess. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, I feel like saying I don't know is better than saying something you know that's clearly like ridiculous and you haven't thought about it. Yeah, I've also been told don't answer a question with a question. Like if they ask you, like in in a surgery, they're like, "What's this structure?" Don't be like the appendix. Like say <laughs> the appendix. <laughs> so even if you don't think you're right, pretend you're right. Surgeons definitely appreciate confidence and directness yeah. but it's good to know um that's one thing that i got frequent compliments on that i didn't realize was something that happens on like when you're presenting a patient in clinic um or something to a doctor and they ask you a question about the patient's history that you didn't ask or you're not sure about i always say i'm not sure or oh i 
forgot to ask that. I'll do it when we go back in the room. And doctors always say, I appreciate that you just told me that you didn't know, because I think sometimes students just like fib or make it up or something. And they really don't like that. Cause if you're not right, it's important. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think the, I don't know question, the, I don't know answer is useful. Probably sometimes it, or is, is acceptable sometimes and not other times it's acceptable when like you really need to know the answer in order to care for your patient but you don't yeah. but it's probably not acceptable when you're being asked questions in class or on rounds or whatever right does that make sense yeah good that's a nice change for me. <laughs> I feel like I don't know. lots of doctors use it as a teaching opportunity. You know, like if you don't get it right, they're not mad. They just want to make sure you know it now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like when it's used as a teaching tool and not a like uh, judgmental tool, like trying to emphasize, I don't know. I do feel like some physicians have kind of like power trips. <laughs> <laughs> where they're like, you don't know, literally, one surgeon asked me, what are the, like, 12 components of a pathology report for this, like, condition? And I'm like, uh, I literally have no idea and have no idea. I, Why would you expect me to know that? And I think it was, like, a learning, like, he was like, well, go look it up and, like, figure it out. But it was kind of, like, so specific that I was like... It seems like you're just looking for a way to like break me down a little bit. <laughs> Can we wait yeah. till after I, we've had that lecture? <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are annoyingly like specific read my mind questions, which I'm like, uh, I don't know how to get that right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, best of luck with all that. Uh, here's something yeah, you, you might not have thought was in short supply. As we try to track coronaviruses, as we try to track coronavirus cases nationwide, <laughs> test tubes. Uh, fortunately, a company called Filikit was willing to step into the breach, and the White House paid the Texas company $7.3 million for these important yet overlooked items. Uh, unfortunately, the test tube turned out to be unformed soda bottles. So if you don't know how plastic soda bottles are made, <laughs> I looked into it. They, they originate as small vial-like tubes uh, that have relatively thick walls and a soda bottle cap on them, kind of like the cap you're used to, and they're called preform. And they're inserted into a machine and heated and blowed up in, blown up into molds that make the bottles final shape. So the, the administration received these preforms, which don't fit anything that we use to, to test things with. Um, they aren't sterile. They aren't even clean. Uh, according to a retired science teacher interviewed by, uh, by ProPublica, unmasked workers scooped up the uh, preforms with snow shovels and dumped them into plastic containers and then squirted in a bunch of, I don't know, sodium phosphate. I think, I think that's what it is. Sodium phosphatized, some sort of saline solution. Um, oh, no. Yeah, the uh, not the specific sodium solution that is used for viral transport or, or tra yeah, basically packaging stuff that needs to be mm -hmm. sterile. The uh, Federal Emergency Management Administration signed the deal with Filikit just six days after it was created by a former telemarketer who's been accused of misrepresenting itself as a misrepresenting himself as a credit counseling service, uh, illegal robocalling making unauthorized charges to consumers' bank accounts, and lying about having for-profit status. Uh, that case has been settled, but the owner wasn't banned from getting federal contracts, so I guess that's fine. 
Wow. So I, many questions. That's the problem <laughs> that you run into when, you know, I like I understand some of it uh, in that, you know, we're in a pandemic and we need supplies and, and like we need to maybe look at some unconventional ways to get them. But this is definitely an example of what you run into when you just like give a contract to anyone, regardless of what their background is or or what they've been doing or, you know, giving contracts to people outside of the industry to, to yeah. find things. It's crazy. Yeah, seven point three million. Eh, whatever. It's Trump change. Say, before they spent government money on something, did they not at least ask someone in the healthcare industry, like, will this even work? You know, like, is this the right size? Like any of that. I don't know. Let alone do a background check on the guy. Whatever. It, it the the money is chump change in, in comparison to what we're spending. I guess it's you know I shouldn't be too, you know we, we we shouldn't be too worried about it. But at the same time, it's like it seems weird. It's like an odd response. That still sounds like a lot of money. Setting some soda <laughs> bottles. <laughs> Mini well, soda that's bottles. Just the, that's just like one of the areas we hear about. You know, like <laughs> how much of money is being spent on other things that are not you know uh, quality programs or. I don't know. I just, I suspect, I suspect we we will hear more examples of this. And, you know, like, like you implied, Nick, I want to be, I I do want to be somewhat fair. You know, this is a, this is a, um, this is a function of ramping up quickly um, programs that were not in place. um, Maybe when they, but maybe they should have been in place. Um, Yeah. I still feel like the whole do your homework approach is a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, make them fill out a form. Have you ever been yeah. accused? <laughs> have you ever been accused of misrepresenting yourself as a credit counseling service? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's kind of like uh, you know, with the whole vaccine. Uh, uh, I know there's a, an idea, and I don't know how uh, developed this is yet. Um, but you know, regarding getting kind of the finalists together, and they all have different production methods for the different vaccine options. So actually creating manufacturing facilities for each individual option, knowing that you're probably only going to go with one, maybe two. So you'll have like maybe six production facilities, but only one or two will be able to be used, Um, which I think is probably a smart idea. But like, it is some economic waste, you know, you're you're just kind of giving out money uh, to, to ramp up these facilities that will never be used. Um, that's better than than this situation. But, you know, it, when we think about coronavirus and the global pandemic uh, and how much it's costing, like there's a lot of areas where it's it's definitely costing a lot. Maybe like the thought process behind having them go through the whole production is maybe then you have a backup, like if something goes wrong. I don't know. Yeah. Potentially. <laughs> I, I, and I think it's just like betting on a vaccine, like you, you're going to bet on many uh, so that you're reducing your overall risk um, rather than going all in on one. Um, but eventually you're going to have to go in on one or two or something like that. Mm-hmm. Well, in the weeks uh, since George Floyd was killed uh, by Minneapolis, Minnesota police officers, the protests around the country have been both an outpouring of emotion and support for the black people of America. Um, but amid COVID-19, there have also been a source of concern that amid crowds of protesters, the virus might spread out of control. So some metro areas, including Minneapolis and St. Paul, responded to that concern by setting up free testing facilities near protest sites. Um, the Twin Cities testing program includes four sites in neighborhoods, 
most affected by the protests. And public health officials there encouraged anyone who'd participated in a protest or other public event to get tested regardless of their symptoms. And the data suggests that concerns about protests might have been overblown. Um, of 3,200 people tested at those four sites, only 1.8% came back positive. Uh, Minnesota's largest healthcare providers reported, or one, uh, Minnesota's largest healthcare provider reported that 80 of 8,500 people they tested who said they'd attended a mass gathering, less than 1% tested positive. Um, which frankly is a relief um, for me because I, I think, you know, like I want people to support um, the causes that they believe in, but in the age of the pandemic, it was kind of frightening for some of us to think that, you know, there might be an outbreak afterward. Definitely. Yeah. I feel like I've most been... of the photos I've seen of the protests, they've been pretty good about all wearing masks better than like the grocery store nowadays. Damn right. I was like, I went, went to the grocery store the other day and like nobody had a mask on and I was like, uh. I have seen yeah. things in grocery stores lately. So they, they annoy me. They make me so, so annoyed. <laughs> Yeah, I've been here, um, I'm from Washington State, so I've been staying with my parents for a little while during virtual rotations. Um, but last week I went to a protest in Seattle that they said had about 60,000 people at it. And um, I saw maybe two people the entire day that didn't have masks on and everybody else was wearing masks, like even kids and stuff. So I think people are taking it pretty like seriously to keep their masks on and people handing out masks and stuff, so. Yeah, cool. I think the problem, my guess is that the problem with grocery stores, right, is that some of these trips are um, unplanned, maybe, you know, so they're like, I plan every trip to the grocery store now, right? But I also plan to not have a plan, which means that I have uh, a face shield in the car. And I'm willing to go into a grocery store looking like an idiot with a face shield, <laughs> um, or at least looking like a astronaut. <laughs> Definitely not an idiot. Thank you. <laughs> look like an astronaut. I mean, you know, like I think I'm starting to think that masks look kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> they make you, you look get to express yourself as a new way to, you know, yeah. right. uh, dress yourself up. But very few yeah. people I've seen. I, in fact, the, the first time I saw somebody wearing a face shield, which is what I wear um, to the grocery store, the first it was yesterday. Um, so I'm hoping that the face shield catches on because I really don't like uh, yeah. masks. I have one thing to say uh, about masks. Uh, this is in light of recently filling out the Iowa City uh, Public School District's uh, oh. survey on, yeah. on going back to school. And, you know, I have to say my kids go to daycare through they've been going to daycare through most of uh, this. There, there was a period where their daycare was shut down and I was trying to do online clerkships uh, with them home and that was impossible yeah um <laughs> so they are back in daycare now but they wear masks all day yeah uh at their daycare like that wow. it, like every kid with i think there's one that wasn't wearing a mask but is now wearing a mask um they all do it and, and, and how do they fine. feel about that do you do you have any idea how they're how they're coping with that i i think they're fine they're kids they like <laughs> i mean it was weird at first and they were pulling on them and chewing on them and like there was that <laughs> period where it was really gross to like take their mask off because it was wet and disgusting <laughs> um and they would oh, take no. it on and off all day but now they're used to it they know that that's what they're supposed to do and my two-year-old wears a mask all day long like so and it's fine this is probably a stupid question but they have kid sizes then right because they can just imagine an adult one just like constantly being a neck 
a neck mask then yeah you there's some ways that you can tie down adult like disposable masks uh they also have kid size disposable masks and we have them in in clinic as well um and then uh my kids have like some uh homemade uh cloth masks that are their size so it, it, it is hard to like find a size for a you know, each kid, like my, my two year old, like there are only a handful of masks he can wear. My five year old can wear just about anything just fine. Like if we adjust it right. But yeah. I read the most infuriating op-ed, um, in the, in the Boston, I think it was the Boston Herald of all places that's that a friend had posted. And it was basically saying, you know, that it was that argument that, that, you know, masks prevent you from, you're breathing in your carbon dioxide all day and you're going to die. And I'm like, yeah. what the actual hell are you talking about? I don't think they're quite that airtight. Doctors yeah. and I'm like, I like pounding. This is like why I want to get rid of Facebook. It's like, like, again, this is why like I'm pounding out this like doctors and nurses and clerks and schedulers are wearing masks all day long and they are not dying. Well, it, and like even before COVID, you had like surgeons. Yeah. Like, 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 almost literally all day long. Yeah. It's not like this is new. Like medical professionals have been wearing masks like more or less all day for a long time. So interesting. Do we know their acid base status? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we're all slightly more acidotic now. So I have a question. When I've seen people wearing masks in public and like they have to eat or take a drink of water, generally I see people like pull it down to their chin and then like eat or drink or whatever. But like, aren't you not supposed to touch that part of the mask? Like, wouldn't it make, does it make more sense to take off one ear and like let it hang down the side? I don't know, what is the protocol for that? That's my method. Not that that's the perfect (laughs) method, but I just sort of like I'm trying to touch this side as as few times as possible. Yeah. I just sort of reach in from above and hook my fingers behind and pull it down. Oh, okay. Maybe that's not, the right way to do it either I, now that you've mentioned it i think because mine usually tie they, they're not hooked around my ear so they're tied oh. so the other thing i would do is like hook them in the core in the, the ties and then pull them down from the back mm. yeah i feel like i have trouble reconciling these like disposable masks out in public with you know the rigid rules with like a surgeon you know as someone who wants to go into surgery you know like you're not supposed to touch it like at all for it to be Mm -hmm. sterile and i was like i don't know what level of sterility is accepted (laughs) for these masks but um i think in general the more you touch it the less sterile it is so trying not to touch it at all is the best thing (laughs) yeah Hmm. yeah the um it's hard to know like getting back to the uh, protesters and all that um it's hard to know of course why there's been such a low prevalence but one professor of immunology and infectious diseases thought it might be due to protesters wearing masks, but also being outdoors. Um, you know, so a lot of these, um, I guess now that it's summer, a lot of things can take place outdoors more easily. So, I mean, that's kind of a that's kind of a useful thing. But it does make me think that I can have a backyard gathering uh, of socially distanced mask wearing people as no, long as as long apart. as my mask contains some sort of straw hole <laughs> for the adult beverage i actually I saw a, good oh i was just gonna say i think that was a frequent question i got at near the beginning of the pandemic from family friends that knew i was a medically inclined person was do i have to wear a mask outside and for a while i was like i don't know but i think it's safer than inside to not have one <laughs> I saw um, somebody made a mask out of, you know, like um, baby wipes, how they have like those open, closed plastic 
oh. things. They put that over their mouth so that they could like eat and drink. And oh, jeez. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's gotta work. Yeah, I'm sure so uncomfortable. Fun. Like the plastic say, that on your like face. It would hurt your nose. Yeah, I I didn't really think through like uh, masks and even like some healthcare professionals, how that impacts their job. So my wife's a speech pathologist and, um, you know, she works with kids and a lot of what they do is, you know, modeling and showing kids how to hold their mouth and how to move their mouth uh like so they can produce sounds properly uh and you know just walking through with her what they need to do and how they do it to be able to to even do therapy i'm still kind of uncertain how they're supposed to do it because uh you know the state's uh requiring that they wear at least a mask they can wear a face shield as well they have like plexiglass they can put between them and the patient um but it like I, I'm uncertain of when they can take their mask off or on. Like, can they like show them? Uh, how can they see how the uh, patient is is producing sounds and things? And, I've seen clear uh, ones. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah. I have a friend on Facebook who's a speech pathologist, and she posted a picture of like clear ones, which I'd imagine are a little gross. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I, I'm not interested, but you know, <laughs> I think they have sneezing. <laughs> yeah, it's like back to tin I think on they have facial. some of the clear ones with like the the window uh, in them, um, but I guess they're like super hot as well. Oh yeah, and, and difficult to use, and they fog up and everything. So um, yeah. yeah, it seems like a real challenge. That's the one thing, like wearing just. Just wearing a face shield, um, like we were talking before the show, I, I don't, I'm working on research, so I'm like in an office, not really facing patients, and so I just wear the face shield, and um, even just that, when I like, and I'm not like hoofing it up the stairs, you know, but I get kind of like a little bit claustrophobic when I'm like breathing hard, and it's just like... <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm an undiagnosed claustrophobic, but um No, I, I had physical therapy the other day for a knee problem and they had me working hard and I was wearing my mask and I, I would not have been as winded. Um had I not I think I would not have been as winded feeling as yeah. I was wearing my mask. But hmm. you know, I don't know. I'm gonna wear it. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and it also makes me feel very self-conscious about my breathing that like everybody can hear me because I can hear it a lot louder. <laughs> yeah. And, and wearing the, wearing the face shields also makes me feel like I'm shouting at people because everything is being reflected back into my ears. Yeah. And they're probably like, what? I couldn't hear that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it's so hard to hear people between two masks and two face shields. You're like, uh, what? Oh yeah. I'm constantly yeah. asking and I have, I don't have great hearing anyway, but I'm constantly asking people to repeat themselves now. So also, yeah, like I think even not being able to see people's like mouth and, and then also the muffling of the face mask. I was talking to my kids yesterday at picking them up from daycare and they were wearing their face masks. I literally couldn't understand anything they were saying. <laughs> it's like, you're, you have to speak up. I have no clue what you're talking about. Also, it's just hard to read expressions, like how expression is just the eye part of your face. You know, like, yeah. did you find my joke funny? Did it fall flat? I don't know. <laughs> you guys are making me a little bit sad about going back to the clinic. So I was looking forward to not having to talk to people through Zoom. And now it sounds like it's not much There's better. There's a whole other set of challenges <laughs> that await you. <laughs> Perhaps we'll also, talk I was about just, that, I was, that on a future show. I was thinking, and I feel like it was maybe a stupid thought, but like developing children right now, 
like would that affect their ability to speak but if they're at home they're probably not wearing a mask in the house with like <laughs> with their parents and siblings but i was like that would be a fascinating study and then yeah. it came into my senses well i mean don't forget uh not everybody has um a stable yeah, situation right. at home so that it could i don't know there there are could be interesting who might have that problem i don't know yeah yeah guys i think you've noticed that i'm a bit of a news junkie um my most visited website is no longer facebook but uh, news.google.com um, where well I found a website called headline smasher uh, uses artificial intelligence to mash up news headlines um, and I couldn't resist so before the show we each searched there for medicine related headline smash ups mashups whatever you whatever you millennials call these <laughs> and uh, selected some for us to consider while leaving a word or phrase blank each round one of us will be the judge and the provider and in the chat. I probably screwed up. I looked up real headlines. No! <laughs> headline smasher. Real headlines. I uh -oh. found some good ones. Ah, oh, okay. That's not the game, uh -oh. Nick. I, might, I know. I might have, so wait, we're supposed to put it into headline smasher after finding them? No, I think it just like generates it for you. <laughs> Like we okay. just pick ones, right? You just like you hit like smash headlines and it gives you like a list of like 40 and multiple pages and you pick one. That sounds oh, good. Oh, <laughs> crap. Then I think I did the same thing as Nick. Well, open up your I thought we were going to be like mashing them here. No. Open up uh. your open up your browser and go to headlinesmasher.com. All right, so each round of us one of one of us will be the uh, the uh, judge. And in the chat, and sent only to that person, um, we will supply a word to fill in the blank. So in other words, the judge will give their headline smash, their smashed headline, minus uh, some words that are the, the blank. Um, so we can do more than one word blanked out? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, the judge will share them with everybody, and we can select the most entertaining answer to fill in the blank. Um, whoever gets, whoever's words get picked most often um, will be admired by all. <laughs> Admiration is your reward. Yeah. The prestige. Um, I'll go first. Uh, this headline is, Professor says bones are likely to blank. So again, in the chat, to me, type in what you think would be an entertaining answer. Can you say it one more time? Professor says bones are likely to blank. Good. Good. That's an answer. <laughs> I feel like my answer was not that creative. <laughs> yeah, I feel, I feel the same. Okay. <laughs> we'll yeah. see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> Try to think of what bones can do. <laughs> well, never mind. Just over here. So, I mean, the Maybe. point of headline smasher is that these headlines don't make any sense anymore. There are often combinations I find of three or four headlines. Yeah, there was a few that I looked that was like twelve headlines that was in questionable grammar order. <laughs> yeah. That I was like, well, <laughs> how you doing there, Emma? Yeah, I'm thinking. <laughs> you could do it. Pick I a word. See if you send them all to me, like last week again. Thank you for warning me because I almost. <laughs> I was like, I bet it's gonna happen. <laughs> we have uh, we have four possibilities here. Uh, professor says bones are likely to break. Bones are likely to explode. Bones are likely to cause COVID. Or bones are likely to tell your future. Which of these? 
do you feel like would be the most entertaining thing for a professor to say? Ooh. I'm going to go with tell your future. Yeah, that would, that would be entertaining. That's like the, oh gosh, what is it called? The witchcraft bone reading where you yeah, yeah. like roll the bones. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, what is it called? It's like a witchcraft bone reading. But bonistry or something. I don't know. It sounds kind of bad. <laughs> bonistry. <laughs> I didn't hear it until I said it. <laughs> bonistry. <laughs> Uh, I feel like I could vote for that one. All right. Any- I feel like the COVID one might be the most relevant like now. Like if um, the actual headline smasher, that might be the most likely one. Yeah. And these are, you know, these smashes are relatively up to date. That could be the real one. Wait, did you oh, put in the real, real one? I did not put in the real one. Okay. Oh. The real one is more or less irrelevant, although I will talk about it. All right. So it seems like tell your future. I like that one. Yeah. That was uh, Emma's. Yay. So Emma Emma wins. Yeah, the the, uh, real smashed headline is Professor Says Bones Are Likely to Support Your Leg. (laughs) Fascinating. Which makes a lot of sense, really, when you think about it. Yeah. Thank you, Professor. Good thing he's a professor. Yeah. (laughs) Takes a lot of education to come up with that. Well, you know, this is like some of those, um, Jesus, did I just, are you still there? Yes. We're still here. I yep. am. Where are, where'd you all go? We're hiding. Did you minimize the zoom? There you are. If you do <laughs> command H, it hides things. I've learned that the hard way many times. God, that was, that was freaky. I thought I canceled the whole thing. Um, yeah, I feel like this is one of those, those things that, perf- that, that a study might come out and say like something really obvious and people are like, well, why do we need to spend money on that? <laughs> All right, here's my second headline. Actually, somebody else go. Somebody who did I their homework one. properly. Somebody I who... have one. <laughs> I'm working on I it. I feel called I'm, out. I'm doing my I've homework now. Just like you fail the Dr. Schnellgen <laughs> short <laughs> <notes>. <laughs> 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 that, that It's just like in class. Well, I haven't been called on yet. <laughs> well, this is, you, you just got called on and you were not prepared. Uh, not explicitly, though. He didn't say my name. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> the. I can do one. Okay. I'll find um, loopholes. Okay. Let's see. Students can't blank a single blank. <laughs> oh. So this time we're Students sending them to Emma, blank. not to me. Send to Emma. Say one oh, more. Sorry. What? Students yeah. can't blank a single blank. I can put it in the chat if that's here. Maybe it's too hard. <laughs> oh, these are, I want to be funny, you know? Got it. I feel like my answer is marginal. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Okay. I'm still composing the perfect response. I guess you can still... Well, Nick already sent one. (laughs) Okay. Do you want your second one, Holly? (laughs) You read whichever one you think is funny. (laughs) Okay. Wait a minute. (laughs) I think there's an element of bias there. (laughs) Yeah. You... This means you're going to win. Is she the judge or do we have to I don't know. (laughs) Okay. I don't think either is funny. I I never end up playing the games as I intended them when I wrote them down anyway. So who who (laughs) cares? Okay. So students can't pet a single cat. Mm -hmm. Students can't uh, buy a single like. Students can't, uh, I think it's, well, students can't not criticize a single lecture they've ever had. Um, I wonder who that was. <laughs> and then students can't go on a single date. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Med students qualifier. Yeah. Um, ooh. 
I'm gonna pet a single cat is kind of random. Yeah. <laughs> kind of enjoyed that I can't go on a single date. Like kind of like that one. Virtual dating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you really can. I gonna... have a friend that was telling me about going on a Zoom date with someone from one of those dating apps, and that was funny. What? <laughs> Why even bother? That's what they said. Is they were like halfway through, I was like, "What is? What is this?" I hate. <laughs> I'm not super fond of uh, Zoom gatherings. I mean, I know for many people, it's all we have right now, right? Uh, and I do have, there are a couple of standing Zoom gatherings that I'm involved with, but for the most part, I'd rather not. But a first date yeah. over Zoom? First like, date. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, it's awkward <laughs> in general. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Like if you want to save time and money. Well. All you can. And you and you can leave any time. Just be like, oh, my internet cut out. Sorry. Just like cancel. It's like flip off the router. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking you might just have to awkwardly at some point be like, okay, I'm done talking to you. Yeah. I'm gonna go watch Netflix. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. over. Now we can have a watch party. If or do you, you like get really good at faking dinner, a terrible like... internet connection, that would be awesome. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> like start to cover it with your thing. Like when you're on the phone and you're like, what, what? <laughs> you, you just gotta flip off the router. Yeah. <laughs> but like, how do you but do then, that while you're sitting yeah, in front of you your like, computer? Do you bring your router next to you and like have it here, and you're just like, <laughs> just okay, we're it. done. Or down here on the floor. Turn off your wife. Or you just, uh, you know, if you have switch. a roommate, if you have a roommate, they're like, if I text you, can you just like oh, flip yeah. off the router? Yeah. <laughs> just turn off your Wi-Fi. At the beginning of the meeting, you have to establish like a phone number you can call back at if, you know, the connection is lost. Like all good, you know. No. Companies do. No. <laughs> no. No. Oh my gosh! What do, do you? We, uh, so do what we do you, have a winner? I don't know if we have a winner, but what do you? What do you think, Emma? Um, which one? I do guess you the like? the single date one got the most conversation out of it, so maybe that one. That sounds like yeah, a fine good. criteria. Yeah. yeah. Good idea. Guess right. whose that was? <laughs> it was Holly. <laughs> How convenient! It was my second one, so I feel like I kind of cheated. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Nick's was funny. He said pet a single cat because he just talked about putting his cat in a closet. (laughs) (laughs) I was just trying to come up with anything. Who's next? I have a good one. Okay. Are you ready? We're ready. Okay. So my headline is Google honors Dame Jean McNamara, whose blank research helped lead to murder? Question mark. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to need that again. Yeah. One more time. Google honors Dame Jean McNamara, whose blank research helped lead to murder? Question mark. <laughs> a, a dame is like a knight, but the female version. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say, I thought I heard dame, but I wasn't sure if I was like hearing things. I hope you're thinking about what to write. Sent you my answer. <laughs> yes, I have your answer. <laughs> I thought that the smash headline was really funny. <laughs> I want something clever, but it's so hard. <laughs> Gotta be clever on the spot. Dr. Cal- oh, Dr. Snalgens. <laughs> you almost gave it away. I was like, oh. Oh, it's so close. I don't know why I thought I had to use a, a, a pseudonym for him, and we didn't say anything. Does he listen to this podcast? 
<laughs> I'm gonna be. I don't know if he strikes me as a podcast. If he doesn't, <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I don't know if he does podcast. If he did, he would have quit by now. He would have quit the College of Medicine. He'd be like, I'm done. Uh, yeah, I think like everybody's been <laughs> at one point, uh, at least all of the um, preclinical yeah. professors, yeah, or most of them. They're all infamous. I all would right. never, even if I had reason to, which I don't, I would never disparage our uh, <laughs> our uh, esteemed faculty because they're they're you know for the most part they're pretty cool. They yeah, do a good job. Mm. All right, you ready for the answers? Yeah. All right, so. Google honors Dame Jean McNamara, whose hamster sex research helped lead to murder. <laughs> Her what research? Hamster, hamster sex. sex, obviously. Oh, okay. Or Google honors D, uh, Dame Jean McNamara, whose poisonberry research helped lead to murder. Or whose clothing research helped lead to murder. Uh-huh. And finally, whose sword fishing research helped lead to the murder. <laughs> sword fishing? <laughs> like, is that like aggressive catfishing? I don't know. <laughs> she could have acquired, fishing. through her sword fishing research, she could have acquired many weapons. Uh, yeah. Many, many swords. Or many, yeah, weapons and skills, like taken skills. I don't know. She has to, <laughs> yeah, she has to catch the fish to get the swords. And then maybe she sold it she to a murderer. she the swords to catch the fish? And then she uses, oh, well, she could use the sword from the last catch to, to kill the next one. And that would be particularly screwed up way to do your research. Are you just like joust with them? I don't know. Do, do they have to do institutional reviews for, uh, for fish. fish research? I think it counts as like an animal subject. So there's some yeah. type of regulation. Yeah. <laughs> they might want to look into this uh, dubious research by Jean McNamara. She didn't really do this. No, I was like, I don't know if anybody knows who she is, but I'll reveal her real research. Okay. <laughs> After we vote on one. All right. What do we think? What led to murder? What research? I like sword fishing. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like that one too. What were the I, other I'll ones? go for it. Yeah. Hamster Second. sex and poisonberry. And clothing. <laughs> clothing. Just clothing? <laughs> clothing research. Could be dangerous. <laughs> I could we be dangerous. We all know how important know. it is today. Could be flammable. Flammable clothing. Oh. Or just well, use it to count, suffocate somebody. Yeah, I was going to say, I was imagining you were killing clothing. someone with the clothes. <laughs> Yeah. Did you say masks? Yeah, masks. <laughs> an article of an accessory. One... An accessory to one... murder. Oh. Oh. They made one impervious to CO2. Everybody. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, sword fishing wins, which was Emma again. Yay! Yay. Yay. I like Emma. this game. Nice. Emma's firmly um, in the lead. So the real headline is Jean McMara, whose polio research helped lead to a vaccine ah. <laughs> in Australia. And it was also um, about the guys who tried to originally invent the computer, how that led to their own murders by the FBI, supposedly. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> the FBI I murdered think... them because they didn't want the computer to become a thing. <laughs> they failed. Yeah. Huh. They did. They delayed it 10 years, though, according to that article. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Nick, your turn. <laughs> All right. Uh, how about toddler with Down syndrome can't hide his blank, as he said, and that's it. Could be what? Oh, wait, is there one blank or two? Uh, well, I mean, the headline only has one blank, but you could have a blank at the end if you wanted. 
Well, that does open up a whole new the he- world. The of- headline ends with said. <laughs> Read it again. Can you say okay. it one more time? Uh, toddler with Down syndrome can't hide his blank as he said. <laughs> blank. <laughs> Look, this is the first headline I found. <laughs> ah, well researched. So wait, two blanks? Is that the consensus? Yeah, or, sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, I'm almost going to send this to Dave Etler. Whoops. Oh, this is another good one. I should have done that. <laughs> it's way too easy to spend a long time on that website. I definitely uh, drafted multiple headlines. <laughs> just one more. Who's the slowpoke? Call him out. Oh, there we go. Tim. <laughs> we got them all. We got them all. How would right. you know? <laughs> oh, I, saw the, I saw the concentration face. <laughs> All right. So the first one is toddler with Down syndrome can't hide his excitement, as he said. And that's it. Okay. <laughs> but for the single blank. Oh. Uh, the next one is toddler with Down syndrome can't hide his wallet, as he said. Huzzah. <laughs> <laughs> Toddler with Down syndrome can't hide his uh, true thoughts as he said a lie. And <laughs> Toddler with Down syndrome can't hide his brain as he said, I told you so. <laughs> oh. Huzzah. These are some good ones. Huzzah. I like the huzzah one. Why does a toddler have a wallet, though? Look. <laughs> yeah. That's why you need to read the article. Fiscal yeah. so. responsibility at an early age. Yeah. yeah. It's trying to draw you in so that you can read about the wallet. Yeah, I, I want to find like it's the clickbait. excitement one also draws you in because you have no idea what he said. As he said. So it was dot, dot, dot at the end. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. That didn't come through with uh, Nick's reading. <laughs> I kind of yeah, like the I, I told sh- you so one. Yeah. <laughs> Big head. Yeah. I, I like it. Uh, hmm. But which one do you like best? I kind of like the <laughs> idea that a news story had to be written about how this toddler couldn't hide his thoughts as he said a lie. Yeah, that one's deep. <laughs> From what I, I know, know about gonna... kids, they're usually very honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I That's think true. I'll go with that one as well. The thoughts. Sure. Why not? That was a good one. I'm gonna go with uh with uh with large his large brain. brain. Large brain. <laughs> That's different. I, I like the huzzah one still. You like the huzzah one? And the wallet. Is that the wallet one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the wallet yeah. And, and huzzah. So which uh, So the, which one had the most? I which don't know. do you judge? Nick to be the best. Um, I I like the true thoughts as he said a lie. <laughs> All right, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> that's acceptable. Whose was that? That one's Holly's. Yeah, good job, Holly. <laughs> nice, good job. Well, uh, Emma, I know you got to leave game. to go to do yeah. something important. So um, <laughs> that I guess it's, it's a good time to wrap up the show. Uh, Nick, Madeline. That's not the right oh. names. Madeline's not, <laughs> not the right names at all. I was like, hmm. Nick, Emma, Holly, Tim, thanks for being my co-host today. Yeah, Dave. Glad to be Thank here. Thank you. Yeah. Next time I'll do my homework right. 
Good. Same. Correctly. Better be prepared. I am happy to give you a, a zero. And what? Oh. And what kind of garbage person would I be if I didn't thank you, Short Coats, for making us a part of the video? Wow. If you're new here and you like what you heard, uh, subscribe to our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever else fine podcasts are there are available. Your questions are important uh, because they mean the show can be what you want it to be about. Be like other people and send your questions and comments to the shortcodes at gmail.com or you can leave a message at 347-SHORT-CT. We'll talk about it in the show. Uh, leave us some stars and a review in your favorite podcast uh, ecosystem app, whatever you want to call it, uh, because that's the kind of listener that we're always grateful for. Uh, the show is made possible by a generous donation by Carver College of Medicine Student Government and ongoing support from the Writing and Humanities program. Our opening music is by Dr. Vox and our closing music is by Catmosphere. Talk to you in one week. <laughs>